A little girl asked her mama one day, said, Mom, where, where do people come from? The lady said, well, well, sweetie, a long, long time ago, God created Adam and Eve, and, and they had children, and then those children had children, and all people have descended from those first people that God created. Later on that day, the girl asked her dad, Dad, where do people come from? And the dad said, well, sweetie, we all evolved from apes. We all came from the monkeys. Well, that night when she went to bed, the confused girl asked her mom, Mom, you told me today that all people come from the ones God created, and and Dad told me today that we all come from monkeys. How can that be? And she said, well, sweetie, I was talking to you about my side of the family. Your dad was talking to you about his. So, family, we want this church to feel like a family. We want this church to act like a family. Now, there's a lot going on when you say the word family, right? It's complicated. Uh, We were just joking around earlier this morning with with some folks back here. You don't get to pick who's in your family. You can pick your friends most of the time. You can't pick your family. Don't say picking your friend's nose. I saw some of y'all start to to go there. You know what I mean? Uh, You don't pick who's in your family. You love your family. Now, if you hang around this place long enough and become part of the family, you'll notice that we're not perfect at this. You'll notice that when you're part of this family, it doesn't take long before somebody will let you down. Somebody will disappoint you. Somebody may hurt you. Kind of like family, you know. Those are the things that happen. But if you do jump in with this church family at Golf Course Road, I'm telling you right now, you are no less important than anybody else in this church family. There are no lesser roles. There are no smaller gifts. There are no medium-sized responsibilities. We are all of us family. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are sons and daughters of God Almighty who created us in His image. Amen? And so I want us to take our responsibilities in this family of God at Golf Course Road very seriously. That you you have a vital, vital role to play in what God is doing in and through this body of believers. Body. There's another word that we use to describe God's church. And here at Golf Course Road, we take very seriously all the body language and all the body imagery in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. Same with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You've heard this a million times. I want you to listen to it, okay? If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, oh, this is key. Listen, in fact, 
God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If you were created by God and gifted by God and placed here in this church family by God to be a hamstring in this body of believers, okay? Go with me here. If you're a hamstring and you're not doing your job, if you're a hamstring and you're not fulfilling your purpose and your role and your responsibilities in this church family at GCR, we're going to be fine. We will. We'll run the course. We'll finish the race. We'll be okay, but I'm telling you right now, we're going to limp along the track. We're not going to be at 100%. And that race will be harder, and it'll be slower, and it'll be more painful because you're not doing what you were created by God and placed by God in this church family to do. If you're an eyeball in the family, if God created you and designed you and gifted you to be an eyeball in this Golf Course Road Church of Christ family, and you're not doing your job, you're not fulfilling your role. You're not meeting your responsibility to this church family. Then we'll be fine. We'll run the race. We'll finish the course. We'll be okay. But we're going to bump into a lot of trees and run into a lot of walls without you. And it'll be painful and it'll be slow and it'll be a lot less smooth than if you were doing your part that God has called you to play in this church family. Now, you might be one of the unpresentable parts of this church body. Verse 23, can I get an amen on that? Okay, don't say amen and look up because the whole church might be looking at you right now. So you might be one of those parts, which reminds me, there's a Jewish prayer for going to the bathroom. Have we talked about this before? I can't remember if we've talked about this before. There's an ancient Jewish prayer for everything, right? There's a prayer for getting up in the morning. There's a prayer you say before you go to bed at night. There's a prayer for going to work. There's a prayer for uh, before the meal. There's an ancient Jewish prayer for everything. There's an ancient Jewish prayer that you say when you go to the bathroom. I'm not making this up. It's like, Father, Lord Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I bless thee for the openings in my body, which sounds really weird. Until those openings stop working, right? And then you're with Paul. You're like, those are the most indispensable parts, you know? Now, that's a critical thing here. And so the prayer makes sense. And, and, and so do the scriptures, right? That the, Even the parts that are not presentable, they get the most dignity. They deserve the most honor and the most respect because they play a critical, critical role. We read Romans 12, which I think is almost exactly like 1 Corinthians 12, which I feel like is almost like every other paragraph in the New Testament. As Christians, we are put into a community. We live with Christ in community. What we do as disciples of Jesus, we do together in community. Look at verse 1, Romans, Romans chapter 12. You know this. We offer our bodies. We offer ourselves, plural, right, as a living sacrifice, singular. Pay attention to that. This whole chapter is like that. It's about what the church is as a body, offering ourselves together, being transformed together, developing the mind of Christ together. All this happens in community. And then verse 5, this is one of my most favorite verses in all of Scripture. In Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 
Amen. We belong to each other. And I think sometimes the fact that we live in Texas, I think sometimes that makes this a problem for us. Our culture, our education, our history, our constitutional rights, all of that is geared toward the individual. It emphasizes the individual, the freedom of the individual, the rights of the individual, sometimes even the glory and the romance of the individual. I think it's really easy for us to see ourselves as being saved by God and living together and worshiping in a community of faith as two different, separate, and not necessarily related things. I think when it comes to our salvation, it's very easy for us to say, well, that's just between me and God. It's just about me and God. Or maybe it's just about me. You know, we can act like the Lone Ranger sometimes when it comes to our salvation. We can ride into this church building on a Sunday morning on a white horse named Baptism, right? And we're wearing the mask and we're the Lone Ranger and I'm coming in to take care of my responsibilities between me and God. Right? And I come in here on my horse and I'm ready to go. And I've got the sermon, bang, and I've got the songs, bang, and I'm listening to the prayers, bang, and I do the bread, bang, and I do the cup, bang, and it's the offering time. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Church, we may as well take off our mask, okay? We are not going to grow together as long as we have our mask on and it's just me and the Lord. We're not going to develop together as the body of Christ until we all jump in together and worship and live and serve as the family of God we're intended to be. In Romans 12, the Bible says we are called to being changed by God to love like Jesus together. We can't fully renew our minds without the active help of other disciples. We can't fully understand what exactly Scripture is teaching unless we're in holy conversation with other people who are reading the same Scriptures. We can't live as followers of Jesus outside the nurturing context of a community of believers who encourage us and who pray for us and who set examples for us. We can't always see our own blind spots. It takes other loving disciples pointing them out to us. Verse 3, sometimes we think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And we decide we don't really need anybody's help. Listen, I need you to help me. And you need me whether you want to admit it or not. We need each other in this church family. All of us have different gifts. Verse 6, according to the grace given us. So whatever gift you've been given, and hear me on this, you have been given gifts by God's Holy Spirit. Everyone in this room, you're gifted by God. And you have a holy obligation to our Lord and to the church He died for to be accountable, to use those gifts to build up the body. Other Christians need what you bring to the table. If you're just sitting there watching things, watching it happen, then yes, you're missing out. But let me tell you something else. This church is not as strong as it should be if that's what you're doing. 
And I'm not as strong as I could be. And I'm just immature enough to take that personally. So, one of the church's tasks, a very important task, is to choose our leaders, to choose our shepherds. That's the church's job. That's, that's one of the functions of a church. The spiritual development of our church family is always, I think, going to be directly related to the style and the manner of leadership among our elders. And so it's paramount that we take this responsibility seriously. And I believe the consistent witness of Scripture is that the entire church body chooses and ordains its elders. This is something we do together. All the people, the whole church. And I'm very grateful that that's the way this church does it. In Numbers chapter 8, the entire Israelite community has come together as one body, as the Levites are set apart and ordained as priests. Numbers 8, verse 9, the Lord says, Bring the, uh, the Levites to the front of the tent of meeting and assemble the whole Israelite community. You are to bring the Levites before the Lord, and the Israelites are to lay their hands on them. All the people, the whole body together. And the Old Testament is full of this all the people language, the entire assembly language when it comes to God's people selecting its leaders. I mean, God's in charge of it, right? God's overseeing it. God is directing it. But all of the people together are participating in the selection process. And we could look at a ton of these in the Old Testament, but this is a church of Christ. And so let's turn to Acts, okay? And let's look for a pattern. How about that? Acts chapter 1. I used to hear pages turn, and now I'm just assuming that people are clicking, I guess. Acts chapter 1. Peter is right here with all the believers, it says. There's about 120 of them. That's what the Bible says. And it says, verse 14, that's everybody. It's all the apostles. It's all the disciples. It's all the women, all the men. Jesus' mother and Mary's sons, they're all here together. And they choose a leader to take Judas's place. They proposed two men, and then they prayed. Verse 24, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen. And it's Matthias. For almost 2,000 years, the answer to a Bible Bowl trivia question, Matthias. Flip over to Acts chapter uh, 6, verse 2. It says, the 12 gathered all the disciples together. And then in verse 3, choose from among you seven men who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. And so they chose the seven men, the whole church. Everybody together chose the seven men and they presented them and they laid their hands on them and they prayed. Everybody in the church. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, this, this congregation of, of Christians in Antioch, it says they are worshiping the Lord and fasting. And that's when God directs them to ordain Barnabas and Saul. And so, so after they, and again, remember, this is the whole church, it says. After they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. How many do we need for this to be a pattern? Do we need one more? One more. 
All right. Are y'all with me? Everybody with me on this? Are we tracking? Okay. I know we're, we're like, everybody's still trying to spring forward. Okay, I get that. Y'all stay with me. Acts 15. Uh, this is the council at Jerusalem, right? Verse 22. It says, the whole church decided to choose some of their own men. And it says they chose and they sent. So... I guess what I'm trying to establish here is that the Bible does not give us a one, two, three, ABC formula for how to choose our spiritual leaders, but I think it very definitely tells us who chooses the spiritual leaders, and it's the church. The church chooses its leaders. This is God's people as a body, as a congregation, all involved, all participating in this in this selection of leaders and the appointment and the ordination of its leaders. And what this tells me is that the church is taking very seriously the responsibility of being the church. None of this was taken lightly. This is a solemn thing. This is a sanctified activity. And so here's how we're going to do this at Golf Course Road. This is going to be a 12 weeks process. Here at GCR, and it starts today. Our next two sermons, the next two Sundays, we're going to look at shepherds and what that means and the kinds of people we're looking for. And then uh, next Sunday, everybody's going to get their elder selection forms, okay? And we want those forms turned in by April 2nd. That is three weeks from today. And I would ask you, please do not turn in a form. Do not submit any names until you have carefully and prayerfully considered the character and the gifts and the qualities of the ones you're recommending. But please do participate. We do want all of us, all 100% of us, all the baptized members of this church family, and that means if you were baptized 45 years ago or just four to five weeks ago, that means if you were born and raised in this church family, you've never gone to another church but Golf Course Road, or if that means you just got here this morning. We want everybody in on this. So you're going to get the forms next Sunday. And the collection boxes, they're not out yet, Ryan. They will be next Sunday, is that right? The collection boxes will be out here uh, by our family center doors. I hate to do this. Can somebody get me a bottle of water? I would I almost said kill. I would not kill for a bottle. Christians don't kill. But I would, I would move heaven and earth for a bottle of water right now. Half my kingdom. I apologize. Where were we? Uh, the forms. Okay, we're going to. Ryan, bless you. Ryan's good. Is Ryan? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I try not to do that. <clears throat> and I can't help it this morning. Something's going on. And I don't think I'm the only one. Amen. All right. Good old Midland. That's right. I read a thing this week that said the allergy stuff is getting harder and longer. Did y'all see that same study? That was not helpful. All right. Where were we? All right. We're turning in forms. Yeah. Okay. So three weeks from today. That's the deadline. April 2nd. Right? And... Um, also notice Wednesday, March 22nd, that is a day of congregational fasting and prayer. Just like the churches in Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, just like they fasted and prayed 
during the selection of their shepherds and the commissioning of their missionaries, this church body on Wednesday, March 2nd, we're going to refrain from eating. We really want to focus our individual and our collective energies toward this very important matter. And so instead of eating on that day, I would like to invite you to spend your mealtimes in conversation with the Lord. Pray to the Lord about what we're doing here. I think if we'll fast and pray together like this, it'll unify our church. And it will focus our hearts and our minds on this solemn task before us. And then at 5.30, you don't have to fast long because at 5.30, we're going to break the fast together with a congregational supper right here at church in the gathering space. Scott Springer is making pulled pork sandwiches. We already know how awesome they are. Amen. And we're going to ask everybody to bring a side dish and bring a dessert. And we're going to have a supper together to break the fast together. And then at 6.30, because we're going to eat for a full hour, okay, at 6.30, we're going to dismiss the kids to their children's worship and their Bible class, and then we are going to uh, hang back in the gathering space for some teaching. We're going to really dive in and drill down deep into the details of those lists in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, and really talk about what we're looking for as shepherds here at Golf Course Road. And so that's the 22nd. Then we'll have another sermon on Sunday. And then Sunday, May 14, we're going to present the names of the prospective elders to the church. And then we're going to have three weeks of what we're calling biblical accountability. Here's what that means. If you feel strongly that one of the men selected by this church should not be one of our shepherds, then we want you to go to that guy and work things out. If you can't work it out, and you're still convicted in your heart that for biblical and theological reasons, this guy just cannot serve as a shepherd, then you need to bring it up with the current elders. And you're going to have about three weeks to do that. But don't go to the elders first. Everybody hear me on that? Don't go to the elders first. You go to the guy you have an issue with. Does that make sense? Nod, because we're Christians, okay? That's what Christians do, right? You'll also notice in this process that's on the screen, there is no congregational vote of confirmation at the end. Here's why. If there are any issues between folks in this church family, we want those to be resolved in community. We want accountability to be handled in relationship, not with a check mark on a piece of paper, amen? So eliminating that vote at the end, I believe, and our current shepherds believe, will move us towards more healthier processes and towards a healthier church. Two other changes that we need to talk about, two more things. One of them is the elders are being ordained for what we're calling three-year commitments. Now, this is a pretty big change, but you need to know these new shepherds and starting this summer, our current shepherds are all only serving three-year commitments. That's it. They're just signing up for three years. And you know, traditionally in churches of Christ, once you become an elder, there are only two ways to leave the eldership, either mad or feet first, right? I mean, that's kind of the way an elder in the churches of Christ understands his role, like it's a lifetime appointment. And we believe that committing to a three-year cycle is a lot less daunting than signing up for the rest of one's life. A three-year stint will also help provide an easier way out. 
So if one of our shepherds decides for very good reasons that it's better for him to leave the eldership, it's already built into the system. Three years and you want to leave? You're out. Nobody's upset. Nobody's mad. Nobody did anything. Nothing's wrong. The elder did what we asked him to do. The elder did what he said he would do. He served his three-year commitment. We think that seeing a clear way in and out makes it a whole lot easier for our gifted leaders to agree to the appointment. It also prevents against our shepherds serving in this important role in our church out of a sense of duty or a sense of expectation even after they've run out of their energy or their effectiveness. And so the three-year commitment is a pretty big change for us. And then secondly, every single shepherd is going to be required to take a one-year mandatory sabbatical after they serve six years. If you're an elder at this church and you serve two, three-year terms, you're out for a year. That's a mandatory one-year sabbatical. And again, we believe that healthier shepherds will result in a healthier church. These mandatory sabbaticals are going to allow our elders to pay closer attention to their own relationships with the Lord. It'll give them time to reconnect with the life of the congregation. It'll give them space to re-engage with a ministry that they're really passionate about or to re-engage with their small group or to attend a conference or a leadership seminar, to read some books on being an elder that they just haven't gotten around to yet. It will give our shepherds the opportunity away from the urgency of the position itself to evaluate their continued calling in a healthy way. So, this is not just a shepherd selection process. You can see this is really a restructuring of our eldership here at Golf Course Road. And again, the whole thing is for two main reasons. To make the on-ramps and the off-ramps wider and easier, so more of our gifted people will be more likely to say yes to the appointment, and also to get healthier as a shepherd group and as a church. Now, we discussed... All of these changes in the Golf Course Road family update last week. If you have not watched that video yet, I urge you to watch it today. I know you feel like you need a nap this afternoon. It's only 30 minutes, okay? If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. Uh, you can find it on the, on the church website. You can find it on the GCR app. I think the, uh, uh, the internet address is inside the bulletin. Make sure you watch that video. I would say do it today. And then... Um, um, if you still have some questions, talk to one of our shepherds. Call one of our elders. Talk to one of our ministers. We're excited about these changes, and I think you will be too. I think our church will be better for it. And then lastly, June 4th, uh, we'll ordain our new shepherds in here during our Sunday morning worship assembly. We'll bless our new elders. We will charge them before the Lord and they're going to make some solemn vows and promises to us. And we're going to make some promises and some vows to them on that day. This, this is what churches do. This is what healthy communities of faith, this is how they behave. And so starting right now, I mean starting today, right now, I want you to consider your role in this body of disciples at Golf Course Road, your voice, your vision, your discernment in this process is no less important than anybody else's. 
We believe that your prayerful and careful participation is critical to this thing. We really do want to receive 500 selection forms. We do. We think that would be the best. We want everybody to participate. And then you men who are going to be asked to serve as shepherds, I pray that you seriously consider your giftedness, that you seriously consider your calling from the Lord and your responsibilities to your brothers and sisters within this church family at GCR. Take it seriously. Amen? Everybody tracking? Okay. We're about to check. Stand with me, please. We're going to find out right here. I'd like us to keep in mind that passage that Richard read to us around the table. I'd like us to keep in mind what I think is one of the key passages in all of Scripture. And that's Romans 12, 5. In Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. So church, I'm going to ask you right now. Would you say yes to these three questions? Only if you agree. Will we choose as our shepherds men with godly character and gifted by God for servant leadership? Will we choose as our shepherds men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom? And will we seek the Lord's will and His guidance through prayer and fasting and holy conversation with each other? Amen. Let's pray, church. Father, we want to give this whole process to you. This is your church. It's not ours. We are blessed by you. We are privileged. We are so honored, God, to be your children and to be brothers and sisters who belong to each other in a family here in this congregation that you planted here at Golf Course Road nearly 60 years ago. We're honored by that, God. So thankful. But, Father, this belongs to you. So we ask you, God, direct us, guide us, push us, speak to us. Give us wisdom. Give us boldness. Give us clarity. God, bless us to use the gifts you've given us to build up this body of faith at GCR and to bless all the people of Midland, Texas with your grace and your love and your mercy here today and forever. And in the name of Jesus, all of God's people say together, Amen. Amen.